0: Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. My thanks to everyone who listens. Do make sure that you are signed up for the weekly email newsletter. Oftentimes, there are exclusives in there that those who subscribe get to see first, So if you are not currently receiving that, start getting access by putting your email address in the sign-up box on the show website, nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Belgium, my guest is a singer, songwriter, performer, and podcast host whose latest release was a five-song EP that she put out last year with two of the songs from that, each gaining over 100,000 streams on Spotify. Last year, she also wrote and submitted music for the Eurovision Song Contest, which has led to additional efforts she is making this year to again include that and other initiatives. She has enjoyed support from not only Belgian, but international radio stations as well. Plus, she has gotten press coverage from all over, ranging from the U.S. to France to India to New Zealand to the U.K. You've been hearing a song of hers called With You. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Dana Rex.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me on the pod.
0: You bet, you bet. Thanks so much for making time today to be on the show. Let's start off by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called With You.
1: Yeah, With You is a little bit out of the box. So it celebrates going through life single or at least choosing yourself who you want to be on that journey with and not having anybody decide for you, which I think is very important. (laughs) So yeah, it literally says, yes, I want to go to this party, on this journey, this life, but not with you. So the person I'm talking to uh, is, is actually um, somebody I know. So I had this very weird experience with this guy that I hadn't seen since my teenage years. And we used to hang out in the same clubs. And then we reconnected through social media before COVID. And he asked to catch up over a drink. So uh, you know, I thought this was very innocent, I'm like, "Yeah, let's get, you know, let's go have a drink." And I went, and I thought that we were like going to go to a bar or a public place. Yeah. And instead, he kind of tricked me to go into to come into his apartment. Uh-oh. And he offered me tea, and then explained his life story. So we weren't going to go anywhere. I'm like, "Yeah, when are we leaving?" <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. And so he he explained his life story on how he it hadn't worked out for him to to kind of find a wife basically and and have kids yet and uh he he kind of said clearly i hadn't done that either so why don't we just do that together
0: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> i i ran out of there as fast as i could <laughs> and then i wrote this song <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow wow and i already know the answer to my question i was when you first started to set it up i thought well I'm going to jokingly say, well, you didn't write with you with anyone else. But after all that, I don't know how you could do a co-write on something that is so personal that something that you experienced alone. Because it sounds like you probably wrote this immediately after that happened.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And indeed, yeah, I wrote it. I wrote it on my on my own. Wow.
0: It was so weird though. <laughs> indeed, indeed. When was this that this took place when, you know, this incident and then you writing the song?
1: Uh this was 2019 if I remember correctly. So just before COVID hit.
0: Uh okay. Uh,
1: when everything was still normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> things were normal in the health sense, but that was not a normal <laughs> occurrence a, a, this, no, a normal definitely meeting not. that you. Wow. Wow. Well, that song <laughs> with you is off your Babylon EP that I mentioned in the intro that came out last year. Tell us more about that EP.
1: Well, the Babylon EP is basically about uh, overcoming and reinventing yourself. So that's why I thought that with you had a nice place on um, on the EP, and uh, you know it it was it was just a perfect fit for the times because. Um, to release it I actually had to overcome the covid situation and rethink how I was going to bring this out into the world um the marketing around it and how to reach fans radio stations how to tackle publicity without like a live show um to showcase the songs with yeah and just before covid hit I had finished the production of my live show actually with all these new songs in it and my tour manager was having discussions with um, like for a showcase tour in Asia and so now that performing on stage was out of the question I kind of yeah had to had to reinvent myself um, and I, I did a couple of live streams uh, on my Twitch channel as well as on like a virtual stage mm. with a company developing virtual worlds, much like the metaverse, but specifically for concerts. And so that was, that was fun to um, experience.
0: But in describing Babylon, are you someone, are you an artist that likes to have what I'll call a concept album, or is it uh, sometimes I'll put out an album or an EP that has a bunch of songs on it, and they don't all necessarily have the same theme, and I'll just title it whatever I feel like?
1: Ooh, that's a a difficult question. I think um, a bit of both. Um, There are, like seasons basically in my songwriting if i can call it that where i kind of start writing songs all kind of about the same thing mm-hmm. so that does lend itself very well to uh, like an ep a, a one themed ep or, or album yeah um but in this case the songs were really from a lot of different um years um uh, some were recent and others were a bit older uh but yeah, I mean, in general, the the same theme uh, of, of uh, you know, becoming a warrior and like bringing out the inner warrior in people that I that I really try to do in, in all my songs. So that that is basically my main theme.
0: I'm interested, though, in when you just said that some of the songs are a little bit older because how do those songs come back on your radar? Is it, you know, I always liked that song that I wrote called Insert title here. I really think it's time. I got to put that out on an EP finally. I don't know why I've never released it. How, how do you remember old songs that you wrote that you decide this is one that I want to put on this EP?
1: Yeah, there are songs that I've I've always known that I wanted to release but that just didn't come together before or that are still just a demo. Uh, and then, you know, I go back in and I have a look and I'm oh yeah, this one. I really need to work on this one now. And um yeah, there are a couple on on, on there that I reworked and that have different versions actually.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And to be clear, audience, there are five songs. On Dana's Babylon EP that she put out last year. In fact, Dana, there are four songs from the Babylon EP out of the five that you did official music videos for, with the emphasis being on the word you, that you did official music videos for. Share with the audience what I'm talking about.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I also had to rethink you know, the videos and how to make them without a team or actors and use locations that were accessible during COVID. And I had already made a first video myself back in 2019, where actually, ironically enough, I predicted a global breakdown of society. (laughs) So that was pretty interesting. And so what I mean by I made myself in air quotes is that I directed it, edited the footage into the actual video, did the post-production on it with the effects, coloring, everything. So I was pretty, well, happy with the result of the uh, the 2019 song, which was Time Flies. And I had already said, okay, I, I will do that again in future. But I was kind of planning on doing like the Queen of Babylon song with a video with a, more of a team. But then COVID hit, so I had to like, yeah, rethink that completely. And so for the EP that I um, released last year, um, I directed all the videos and edited them, edit them, edited, wow, that's such a hard word, apparently, <laughs> um, myself. And so, I mean, this, this was for me, it was a major achievement and like a great experience to know more about how to do that.
0: And I know there's going to be people out there who are going to want to know the software end of things. So, what are you using for your video editing?
1: Yes, I am using Premiere Pro, and I'm using effects from the. It was the uh, um, the Red Red Planet Universe or something. Red Red Giant Universe. That's what what it was called, and now it's called um, it's called something else. It was. I'm not sure.
0: But when you say that you did all those different roles that you just described. Were these 100%, all four videos were 100% solely you or is it, well, I had one person in COVID. They didn't want us gathering in large numbers. So I did have one person that helped me. Or is it, no, in fact, I did everything completely myself.
1: There was one person helping me because obviously I can't hold the camera while I'm doing the acting and doing doing everything in front of the camera so my uh boyfriend actually got into cameras and photography a while ago and he is now my um director of photography so he did help me and uh you know set this up and do the camera work um and then yeah he also helped me with a couple of after effects things there's like glitter i throw glitter in the air in in queen of babylon and so that's that's uh Uh, him to help me with that but for the rest yeah all the effects and the lighting um, coloring that was all me
0: yeah you did some really unique things too I really want to encourage the audience to go and look these videos that Dana does they really really look really great for instance there's one where you had and forgive me bird lovers because I know I'm gonna say the wrong thing is it a hawk that was in one of your videos
1: it was a, a Chilean blue eagle
0: there you go And there's also (laughs) even a sort of outtakes uh, behind the scenes type video for one of her songs. So you really give the people quite a bit. I mean, these are very elaborate videos. There's a lot that goes into these. And my hat's off to you because a lot of artists could say, I could do a video myself. In fact, I do a couple of my own videos, but you look at them and they're just really down and dirty, like real basic. Here it is. I have a video And yours, you put an awful lot into these. I'm talking costumes, sets, you know, in the case of a live bird. I mean, there's a lot to see, a lot going on in your videos.
1: Yeah, it is a lot of work, but it really gives me the artistic freedom to bring it to life in the way that I imagine it and Mm. not rely on maybe anyone else to interpret my vision and maybe get it wrong, you know. So, of course, depending on who you might want to work with, um you you can give that person you know their own artistic input but in this case i chose to develop my skills and bring my own visions to life and uh yeah i i work with animals a lot i've also done uh for my very first ep phoenix ep um in 2018 now um i did a a video where i did my own horse stunts so that was a lot of fun too
0: yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. And again, I want to encourage the audience, do go and look at these. These these videos get thousands of views on Dana's YouTube channel, so make sure you look those up. For those who are just being introduced to Dana for the first time, while I introduced her as calling in from Belgium, despite the fact that she was born there, she was actually raised in Greece. So Dana, what was that all about, the moving from Belgium to Greece and then eventually back to Belgium? And more importantly, where in all that did you first start into singing and songwriting?
1: Yeah, I moved to uh, Greece when I was three, three and a half. Um, my parents actually, um, you know, were were kind of used to traveling the world. Before I was born, they lived uh, in Canada for six years
2: ah. and
1: uh, worked in Ottawa. And so, Uh, This time they were going to go and work in Greece, so I was there, and this time I tagged along, Um, and it, it was very interesting. Actually, I really, I really loved my time there, and I have this very strange connection with Greece. I'm not Greek, but still, it feels like home because I just, I drew, I grew up there. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's special. It's very special. It is a lovely country.
0: When you say you grew up there, so you finally moved back to Belgium as an adult by yourself, or was that also with your parents or what?
1: Yeah, that was also with my parents. So I went to, I did all my primary school in Greece, and uh, well, uh, maybe short uh, one year, but I came back when I was around 10. And um, I actually started singing when I was Five. So I, I I started that when I was when I was still in Greece, wow. and I just you know was like dancing around the living room um, with the with some cassette or record yeah. on very loudly, <laughs> <laughs> and also everything there you know it's very warm, so everything was always open, and it was you know it was just it's it's a little bit different than in Belgium because it, it gets quite cold in Belgium, but. <laughs> Yeah, I I just enjoy the music. And I think it was a little bit of... uh, I'm also an only child, so it kind of kept me company. Mm. And living in Greece and not speaking Greek because I was going to an English uh, school, um, you don't really you know, belong to the community where you live. You do go to kinda um I went to the American Club, you know, we were we were part of the American Club and, uh. and my classmates were, were English or Swedish or, or from elsewhere. But I didn't really you know, I didn't speak Greek, so I didn't really have a community. And so I was quite alone all the time and music helped me Through that period. And I decided when I was five that I wanted to become a singer. (laughs) (laughs) And um, when I came back to Belgium, I actively sought out places uh, like, you know, dance classes or, or something. But they also had singing classes in this one place that I found. So I started doing that. And because of that, I actually had my debut in performing on Belgian national TV um, in the same year. Wow.
0: But what about songwriting? How and when did you find your way into that?
1: My mom got me a Casio when I was little. (laughs) (laughs) It was like this little thing. It wasn't very professional at all. And I just started, you know, um, doing these little rhythms that were pre-programmed uh a little bit of an eighties thing really. And I started writing when I was when I was seven or eight. Wow. Um but I mean to be totally honest, that the songs were really bad. Sure. <laughs> they sure. were really bad. <laughs> sure.
0: But it's still the idea though that you were starting to train your brain to think in that way.
1: Absolutely. I, I just yeah I kept doing it and then when I was 16, I actually started uh, DJing. So that was another facet of like my musical career mm. um, after performing on, on TV for a while. Um, and I kind of I was always singing. So I, I was always singing also while I was um mixing in in clubs, that is. Uh, But I just kind of always went back to my first love, which is just like the singing and the songwriting. And a couple of years ago, I just said, okay, this is it. I want to have my own project where I actually actively write my own songs. So I started to learn more about that and Co-wrote a bunch of songs for my first Phoenix EP with a lot of really great uh, people with with uh, nice credentials, and so here I am, yeah, a couple of years later, writing my own songs and bringing out music, and it's it's crazy.
0: Outstanding, outstanding. I want to read to the audience a description that they will find when they look you up online. It says, "Quote: Dana is on a mission to bring out your inner warrior, transporting you to a world." where people are free to explore their unlimited potential and follow their dreams. Heavily influenced by cutting-edge power pop artists like Eurythmics, Cher, and Lady Gaga, together with cult movements like Rocky Horror and Mad Max, Dana infuses her songs with messages of empowerment and overcoming darkness while exploring the boundaries between tribal rhythms and cinematic pop with an epic edge. End quote. And then in the lead up to today, Dana, you told me that you categorize your music as dark pop. So I'd love for you to talk about all this in your own words.
1: Yeah, um, Eurythmics, Cher, and Lady Gaga—I still love that trio. It's—I <laughs> <laughs> mean, it just tells you about all the the eras of my life, basically. Um, and yeah, I, I think all three of those are very strong women in their own right um, and that just inspires me so much. Uh, so what what I'm really passionate about is is just encouraging people to um, to have that same strength and and basically to to bring out their inner warrior that everybody has inside by kind of changing the way they perceive themselves. A lot of people are unhappy with themselves and I kind of, make it my mission to to make them see that they are great the way they are and to own it you know
0: I like that I like that but this is am I are you okay with me saying this is almost a character that you bring into your music because tell the audience about the visuals around Dana Rex when they're going to start looking you up online and and what they should expect to see
1: Oh, yeah, you will. Um, you will see me in war paint most of the time. <laughs> so I have like these tribal lines on my face. Um, it's it's just I kind of want to show people that you can be fearless. And I show you know, my strength, literally on my face, you know, it's, it's, it's just bringing out that that inner warrior And showing it to the world. And I just tried to make it visual. And to be honest, when I put my makeup on and put those lines on, it does kind of make me stronger. Mm. And if that is all you need you know, like putting an armor on maybe, but not really as an armor, maybe more as, you know, a show of, okay, it's 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 okay to be a little bit weird, because we all have something weird, you know, we're all weird in our own right. So it's fine to show people that. And that's what I kind of actively try to try to do. And that's also why my fans call themselves warriors. So <laughs> yeah, and I'm curious, that's because funny. that's
0: a real big part of your brand. Is it Quote unquote, just for music videos and for album art? Or is it if someone went to a Dana Rex live show on stage, would you put the face paint on as well?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Even when I'm up and, and around uh, like showcase festivals, music conferences, just going to panels, I I am actually wearing the more paint as well. <laughs>
0: I like yeah. that. I like that though. I mean, that's being very consistent <laughs> to your brand and let's face it, it helps you stand out and it prompts people to ask you, "Hey, what's this all about?" And boom, now they get introduced to Dana Rex and your music and your brand and who this character is and what your message is.
1: Oh, absolutely. Some people might say it's it's putting on a show, but it is really how I feel. Inside, so I don't really have, you know, a a a very big divide between who I am in my personal life and who my brand as Dana Rex is. Um, it's it's a little bit like Lady Gaga, you know. Uh, she she had like the the colored hair and 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 she was always very special. I mean, the 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 real person inside of her is also very outgoing and is also a little bit crazy. She just exaggerates it on stage. And, and that's kind of what that does for me as well.
0: Yeah, I like that description. Lady Gaga is a good example because I started a picture in my head. Uh, and forgive me, I don't know if this is available to international viewers. But here in the United States, uh, I watch The Masked Singer. And The Masked Singer. Of course, the characters, the the singers, the celebrities have to be in an elaborate costume, but the dancers are always in costumes also. And even think about someone like Elton John, who back in his heyday used to wear some really crazy outfits on stage, but at the heart of it all was, like you're saying, Dana, it was Elton John, the musician, the songwriter, the performer. And so, yes, even though people see Dana Rex and there's this face paint and sometimes these costumes... It's still the message at the heart of it all is I am a champion for empowerment and for the messages that you're sharing with the audience right now about what you're trying to convey through your music. So I like that you're saying, you know, don't get too caught up in what I'm wearing because I'm it's really more about the message that I'm trying to bring through my music. And this is the way I'm choosing to, to portray that music outwardly through these through these costumes.
1: I think that's a great example. Yeah, Elton John is, is is yeah, he's a bit crazy <laughs> on stage. I mean, when you look at what he's wearing in his glasses, it's a bit out there, but he that's the way he is. And same thing for like Freddie Mercury, for example. Mm. He always, you know, had like the special jackets and he was very theatrical, but the person, the the, the private person was also very theatrical. So I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, while we are talking about the style of your music, there's something that I saw in your EPK that interested me relative to who is listening to your music, breaking down gender as well as age ranges. I know that information is very helpful in a number of ways. So for anyone who's listening that's an aspiring artist, where are you pulling those graphs, those charts from that I saw in your EPK with that data?
1: The charts on the EPK are from Spotify because that's where I have the most of my listeners. So I thought that that would be a good representation.
0: Okay, yeah. And as I looked at that, for those of you in the audience who are aspiring performers, do seek out that information if you're not looking at it already because that'll help you with so much in terms of knowing who's listening to your music and then it helps you react accordingly. Everything to something like if you're running Facebook ads and you know who to target your ads to, I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Belgium by singer, songwriter, performer, and podcaster Dana Rex. Visit her official website at danarex.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land there, you will see icons across the top for all kinds of platforms that she is on, including Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and even as you heard her mention, Twitch. Her music is widely available. There are links on danarex.com to get her music from the likes of Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. Season 4 of her Unboxing Women podcast has just begun. We will be talking about that shortly, but you can find a link for that as well on danarex.com. This episode is being released less than a week after my return from Las Vegas, where I had gone to the NAB show, the National Association of Broadcasters, At the end of this month, I will be speaking in Orlando at PodFest Multimedia Expo. However, if you're thinking of starting a podcast or already have one, but in either case have questions, you can talk with me directly from wherever you are located. I have taken my more than eight years of podcasting experience to the video realm, meaning personal one-on-one online consultations, helping people at various stages of their podcast journey and across different genres of shows. You too can get help from me specific to your podcasting questions, challenges, etc. Don't just guess your way through it or watch videos from someone that you had otherwise not heard of and who is just speaking at and not with you. Email me via podcast at nhte.net and let's get online together to talk through your podcasting efforts. Dana, in all that, I was plugging your website and social media and where people can get your music, but there's actually still more at danarex.com, right? Your newsletter and your online store.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have an exclusive newsletter uh, and I do, um, you know, send out freebies, much like you said you did in your newsletter at the start of the show. (laughs) So um yeah it's it's a lot of fun to you know for me to connect with um with my core fans um if I may say so and um they're just you know they're amazing people, and and I, I try to give them like insights in uh, the behind the scenes and how the creative process works. And I also you know send them exclusive discounts for the Armory, which is my merch store, um, and just you know kind of connect with them on on holidays or. Um. Yeah. On Valentine's Day, for example, I sent them a a nice Valentine's message. <laughs> uh, oh, and for their birthday, I send them a video for their birthday. That's wow. also very important to me wow. to uh, to connect with them on, on their special day.
0: I like that that you call the store the armory. Talk more about that. What What is in your online store, or, or I should say, in your armory? That's so cool.
1: In the armory. <laughs> yeah, it goes with the warrior theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I don't really see myself as a great saleswoman. You know, it's often hard for me to ask for support. So I usually just refer people to my merch store because it feels better to me that they get something from me instead of of it being just like a tip um, where you just say, OK, thank you. And that's basically it. So I really like to stay connected with everybody who's interested in, in my music and, and in general what I do um and so yeah i I have different things that i sell like clothing you know the the usual t-shirts tank tops or hoodies uh with cool logos or quotes from lyrics from my songs but i also have items that i make myself and give a personal twist to like friendship bracelets or uh handwritten lyric sheets um and you can also sponsor a song if uh you know if you want to and, and sponsor the music but for all the items all the proceedings go directly to anything related to my music.
0: I love it. I love it. That's very creative. And for the audience who's saying, why is he asking her to talk specifically about her store? I knew that she did the handmade stuff and I wanted you to hear that from her because again, if you're an aspiring artist, these are some clever ideas, some unique things that Dana has come up with that you could stand to benefit from hearing about and learn what other artists are doing and not just do the same traditional stuff that everybody does. Sure, it's important. Of course, everybody wants to have T-shirts, but you got to think outside the box a little bit and have a, a wider offering, and that's what Dana's doing. Dana, let's hear about the Eurovision Song Contest that I mentioned back in the intro that you wrote and submitted music for last year.
1: Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um Oh, the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm not sure if uh, all your listeners are aware of what it is, so I will just uh, do a little explanation. It's like all the um, all the countries in Europe all have their own media, pretty much like the BBC in the UK. So we have our own public media uh, that is actually sponsored by the taxpayers' money. And they have all made kind of a club together. And every year they come together and they do the Eurovision Song Contest, which is broadcasted in every country that's a member. And also Australia now, because Mm. Australia loved the Eurovision so much (laughs) that they were accepted into the club, <laughs> even though they're not at all in Europe. Um, so, yeah, that's it, it's pretty funny. And 170 million people watch this show. Mm. Okay, so it's a big deal. And uh, I actually came into contact with a couple of people last year um, who submitted for, um, you know, really interesting folks who write songs specifically to submit to countries for... The Eurovision Song Contest. So what happens is every country sends uh, a singer uh, or a band. Um, maybe you maybe you know the the winner from uh, last year, which is Main Skin, the Italian band. They're all over the place now, and they actually won the Eurovision Song Contest. So. Yeah, you know, you 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 kind of submit a song and sometimes you're able to sing it yourself even though you're not like a citizen of that country, mm. but sometimes uh you can submit it as a songwriter and it is then like connected with a singer from that country. So, yeah, it's it's every country has its specifics for submission, but I just found it really super interesting and I was lucky enough to uh submit a couple of songs for Iceland and for Denmark last ah, year. Okay. Um yeah, unfortunately, the submissions were, that I did were not chosen in the end, but it's really just such a fun thing to be a part of and work on, and I really want to do more in that space as as a songwriter.
0: Okay, but I have a couple questions for you. For instance, are you submitting songs that are true to the Dana-Rex style, or do they give you certain parameters and say, this is the style of music that we're looking for? Could it be across any genre? And then for that matter, since it's a TV show, Are you just sending them an MP3 or is it, no, you actually have to send them a video submission for the song?
1: Well, every country has their own rules for submission. So um, it can be in any genre. Okay. Um, Sometimes the more Eastern European countries mostly have, have songs that are very you know that have like folk touches from their country in it so Mm. a little bit more persian sometimes um and uh, and and yeah it 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 just depends really a lot of different things have won there have been rock songs that have won abba for example uh, back in the day won the eurovision song contest i think twice wow once with waterloo and then i don't remember the other song so yeah abba is is typically one of those you know eurovision song contest kind of genres um it's very euro pop euro dance that's kind of basically what the Eurovision fans really really like okay but it can be any genre yeah mm-hmm. it can be singer songwriter even or 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 uh, heavy metal there's wow. been a heavy metal band from Finland uh, who actually wore complete com- costumes of of monsters on stage it was, <laughs> it was amazing
0: so is it videos that you're submitting or is it just mp3s
1: oh that depends on the country um, oh, okay. usually it's not videos usually it's um, uh, more high-resolution uh, WAF files or something. Okay. Uh, but for some countries, you would need, like, a, a, a complete song that's already mastered. You you actually need it written down on paper as well, but, like, not only the lyrics, but also music sheets. Yeah. Um. Pretty much as if an orchestra would be able to play it. Wow. And... Uh, Some countries just need a demo, which has obviously good quality, but just a demo so they can rework it maybe. For Iceland, actually one of my songs was rewritten in Icelandic
2: Uh. because
1: they have their own contest to actually include the public in choosing the song that will go to the Eurovision itself.
0: Well, it might also be because Iceland has their own language that... I'll put a link on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. If you heard my recent conversation with Svavar Knutr from Iceland, he talked on that episode about how some words in Icelandic have a completely different meaning than from English, so it doesn't make sense for the Icelandic people to hear those words because it means something different. So that might be why they're asking for what Dana is describing. Dana, I love that the experience that you had doing what you just described for last year's Eurovision Song Contest has actually spawned so much else. Share with the audience what you're doing this year as a result of having done that in 2021.
1: Well, right now I am uh, concentrating on learning how to produce. So I'm, I'm learning how to produce in Ableton. And my aim is to deliver good quality demos of my songs myself, you know, before I need to have a producer step in and i will be able to showcase my idea for each song just more thoroughly and i definitely want to write a lot of songs this year uh this year and beyond though um to get all of the ideas that are in my head out so to speak um and that's also it ties into you know that i want to write more for eurovision i just want to write more songs and be more of a songwriter uh, for now as we are coming out of covid and it still isn't really clear you know when uh live shows will be able to be you know for you, for emerging artists right now all the bookers are like getting all the cancellations out of the way of all the artists that they had to cancel uh in uh, 2020 and they just they're just not open right now to uh to new stuff So I'm just giving them the time to, you know, get that out of their system. And then hopefully by fall, we can concentrate on the live show a little bit more. But right now, yeah, I think I'm just taking the time to um, be more inward and maybe behind the scenes, you know, things that are not really um, visible for the general public, but concentrate on that. And then going forward, I really want to include other independent artists in this process, also for writing for the Eurovision. And I want to organize songwriting camps. Um, going, you know, it, It's more of a long-term thing and something that will come together in a couple of years' time. But I've started building the foundation of it and talking to labels to see who might be interested to send their artists to this kind of thing. Or talking to independent artists themselves, um, working with producers uh, who who might be able to do stuff on site uh, during the camp. And yeah, maybe there's some publishers out there that want to work with us on specific briefs um, for, their, you know, for their network and, and have their songwriters meet their peers. So I think that's a, a pretty cool idea and something that I've missed um, in the past when, when I was learning how to write. And I, I really want to be able to give the opportunity to, to other independent artists to, to have that chance to to meet their peers, you know?
0: Well, and all this songwriting that you're talking about doing this year, you also have someplace else that you want to push these songs out to that, that I know you want to talk about.
1: Yes, I also want to dig into sync. The elusive sync, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with all those new songs that I'm writing, uh, the dream would be to get an ice placement in an ad a series or a film and to expand my network in that world a bit more as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The key there being a bit more because at a time when so, so many artists are trying to get film or TV placements, you have actually had success that way with two of your songs so far. Share with us which songs got placed where and how you achieved those placements.
1: Yes. um, It was my song right here, right now. And last man standing. So right here, right now, was from my first EP, Phoenix EP, um, from 2018, and that was actually used on Vitaya, which was a Belgian channel, um, in an ad about their their kind of their film night. They were having like a female film night, and so they used my song in in um, basically the you know the channel. The channel saying hey listen to you know or, or come and look at yeah. uh, uh, this this film night for for women and it was my song and also beyonce so wow. i was very happy <laughs> to be to be next to her that was that was uh yes that was very nice
0: you submitted that song to them or someone else submitted it on your behalf
1: i had a uh, a person help me with the promo for those songs uh, back then, yeah, I had like a radio plugger who okay. who went there and 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 talked to the people from the channels. Okay. Uh, so that definitely helped. And and in the meantime, I've actually come in contact with the people who do that at those channels myself. Oh. So I I send them I send them yeah. emails myself now. <laughs> so then, what about the other song? <laughs> yes, Last Man Standing. That was used on VTM. That's another channel in Belgium. Um, and I didn't even know that that had happened. Hmm. But uh, six months later, I got, um, yeah, a payout from my PRO, and that's how I realized that it had been used.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing.
1: It was a nice surprise.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And a nice feather in your cap. Before we start wrapping up, I do want to make sure I give you an opportunity to tell everyone about your podcast.
1: My podcast, Unboxing Women. Yes. Um, it's about the gender gap and how women and LGBTQ plus are marginalized in the music and entertainment industry. And that all started when I met Micah, who I co-host with. And she's a fellow musician, and we met at the Raperbahn Music Conference in in Germany back in 2019 at a key change panel about equality in the music business. So we started to talk and kept in touch, and after a couple of months, we started the podcast and You know, we discuss taboo topics and bring on guests revealing some very dirty little secrets (laughs) of the music business and and what is really going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, we think it's really important to hold these issues to the light and continue to share stories of uh, women and men in the business and call out sexism and misogyny because it's the only way we really are going to make a change.
0: Now, I mentioned that season four of your podcast has just started so this is a video podcast in addition to audio am i correct on that and where all can people find your podcast
1: Yes, that's right. We just started season four on the 28th of April, and we're really excited about the topics we've lined up for our listeners for this season. Um, the The past topics have been, you know, sexism in terms and services of social media, for example, uh, female stereotypes in movies, the imposter syndrome. Um why everybody is so pissed off at Billie Eilish? Um <laughs> Taylor Swift's butt we have discussed. So yeah, it's it's a very it's a variety of topics um within music and entertainment. And um yeah, we've just started. So come and come and have a listen on uh, any, you know, podcast place that you might listen to your podcasts on. And we also have a YouTube channel um that you can find via our Instagram account unboxing women so uh, it's just at unboxing women and you, you can go. find us there we're also working on a website which will be unboxingwomen.com and you can send us a message on our um, email which is such a bitch at unboxingwomen.com <laughs> there's also a story behind that but yeah <laughs> come and come and uh, come and have a look now
0: the podcast comes out every week
1: it does yes we have seasons and And, uh, well, it's around, you know, maybe 12 to 15 episodes, depending on on the season and how many guests we have lined up or or how many topics we have. Um, And so now season four is going to run until the end of July.
0: Perfect. Perfect. You read my mind on on a couple questions I was going to ask you. So we can check those off the list. We're going to close today with another original song from Dana, which just like the one that was playing at the beginning of this episode is off of last year's Babylon EP. Dana, before I let you go and I play it, share with the audience all about this song, which is called Love Syndrome.
1: This song has a special meaning to me. It is about domestic violence and how abuse poisons your mind. Um, I survived a narcissistic relationship, which ended about 10 years ago now, Mm -hmm. but it was only two years ago really that I started to understand what had happened to me and what it was called and that there was a whole community out there of people who who have also gone through the same thing and and that it actually has a name so you know ironically enough I wrote this song in 2015 which is way before I I actually realized about what had happened so Mm. I'm sure that unconsciously I knew that I had some kind of trauma that I had to get out and deal with Um, So when I finally had the chance to release the song on the Babylon EP, I released Love Syndrome on the 8th of March, which uh, which is International Women's Day. And I dedicated it to a four-week campaign to raise awareness for all forms of domestic violence. And it was pretty successful with a couple of newspaper articles, a lot of podcast interviews on uh, pods about narcissism. And there are a lot of them out there. And I really, you know, encourage people who have gone through the same thing to to go and have a listen, because it really helped me deal with, with my stuff. Because hearing someone talk about exactly the same thing as I had gone through, it just feels so good in some way. It, it helps you to you know speak about it in public as well which which made it real instead of only in my head and it it just makes me be able to overcome it you know if 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 you're in denial you can't really overcome your trauma but once you start talking about it realizing what's happened you can just go forward and it feels really good
0: so being that you wrote the song in 2015 but then you didn't release it until last year's album did you do anything different to the song knowing in 2021 what you didn't know in 2015, or did you record it the exact way that you had written it originally?
1: Um, I actually have some, well, a few different versions of it. Ah. So first, um, yeah, I, I wrote it basically the way that you can hear it now. So the choruses, the verses, that's all the basically the original but then it was picked up by an anr in los angeles and so i went out there to to work on the song a little bit and we recorded some stuff in the studio um and they kind of you know they were oh yeah and ing it and it's like more poppy and you know what i i, I wasn't really sure about how I would fit it into my brand afterwards, because it seemed a good idea at the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was a great version, but then coming back and have, you know, sitting with it for a while, it just, I didn't feel comfortable releasing it that way. Mm. And I kind of went back to the original and I found uh, a really great producer, Matt Parisi uh, in Brighton, UK, who, um, who brought my vision to life. And it's actually very funny because his, his wife Samara uh, is, it was an opera singer in Sydney. Um, wow. And, you know, she, she, she was in the UK and uh, she was talking to me about that. And then we went in the studio and I was there with Matt and we just realized that we needed her to sing on the song. Mm. <laughs> so we asked her and she was eight months pregnant at the time. Whoa. But she, she wanted to do it. And she came in and in like 15 minutes, she just put down a couple of takes and... They were amazing, and that's what you can hear in the song. It's Samara singing the classical parts. Fantastic. It it really brings it together. Fantastic. But I
0: commend you because I think the overwhelming majority of the artists out there who would get the opportunity that you had to go out to L.A. and have someone work on the song for you, they would say, well, I guess I'm obligated to release this, or they wouldn't even think that way. It would just kind of be an automatic. Well, I guess I'm putting this version out. And so hats off to you for bringing it back and kind of sleeping on it for a while and saying, you know what, it's a nice version, but this isn't really true to who I am. And so it was a good experience for me. I learned a lot, but I got to stick with what I feel in my heart is closest to the Dana Rex music that people are used to hearing. So uh, I'm going a long way to applaud you for taking that stand and releasing the version that you wanted to release and not the version that L.A. told you this would be a, a good version.
1: Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, it it was very hard. And I did think of that, you know, like, oh, they're the experts. And, you know, I should listen to the experts. And I think it's, you know, you have to stay true to yourself. And sometimes that's, that's pretty hard when you have outside influences telling you to, you know, you should do this, or you should do that. But if it doesn't feel right, then, you know, don't do it. And then think about what you're what you do want to do. I think it, the experience taught me more about what I don't want instead of what I do want. Mm. But I mean, that's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. Um. So it, 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 it definitely helped me to know how I want to bring my brand forward and what I want to sound like. So I guess it's a win win.
0: Let's not miss out on the fact that what you demonstrated by doing that Dana is that you talk the talk and walk to the walk here you are putting on the war paint and encouraging people to be empowered to be overcome darkness explore boundaries and you champion that and you did it yourself you said you know what i am going to be my own best advocate and i'm going to say this song this version that la has done for me is not who i want to be And so I am going to be a warrior and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is what my music is. And I'm going to release the version I had originally.
1: Yes, absolutely. One tip for everybody out there. Be yourself.
0: I love that. I love that.
1: Don't compromise.
0: (laughs) Before I close here, I just want to say something pretty special about Dana. She is someone that I first met through LinkedIn. and we talked about, all the different platforms that we're on, that she's on. And Dana had contacted me three years ago and thanked me for this show and for what I'm doing to help artists like her through Now Hear This Entertainment. And so this is someone who I came to know because she was a listener, and Dana did a wonderful job. But we have stayed in touch with each other for the last three years, and shame on me that it's taken this long to get her on the show. But I watch her videos. She sends me messages. She tells me what she's up to And she does what artists should be doing, is maintaining the relationships that she's building. And so I'm just really grateful that it touched me. It meant a lot when she contacted me just to say that she's been listening to and enjoying the show. But I also commend her for everything that she's doing as an indie artist for the relationships that she's building and for being the warrior that you hear her describing herself as. So Dana, it was great to finally have you on the show, to finally put a voice, a speaking voice, to to the music that I've been hearing, the videos that I've been watching. Uh and I thank you for for coming on now here to Entertainment and, and congratulate you for everything that you're doing. And we can't wait to see what more you've got coming down the line.
1: It was great to talk to you, Bruce. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, performer, and podcaster, Dana Rex. Do visit her official website at danarex.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land there, do be sure to engage with Dana on the various platforms she has links to, I am following her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, besides LinkedIn, and I'm sure she'd appreciate you doing the same. You heard us mention that she did official music videos for four of the five songs off of last year's Babylon EP. Do check out her official YouTube channel to watch those and make sure to hit the subscribe button while you're there. Remember that she's also on TikTok and Twitch. And then get her music from major digital platforms such as Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Bandcamp. You heard her talk, too, about the store and the newsletter sign up on danarex.com. And, of course, as she just mentioned, Season 4 of her podcast just started last week. So do check that out as well. A reminder about the ability to get one-on-one with me through a private one-on-one online video consultation to discuss podcasting. Whether you have an idea for a show and need to know how to get started, or whether you have a podcast that's up and running, I'd love the opportunity to help you. Between NHTE plus another weekly show that I do and one other that I used to do, I am at close to 650 podcast episodes that I have hosted over the last eight plus years. It's why you see me a lot of times posting on Instagram about being a speaker talking about podcasting at various events around the United States. Tap into all that experience that I've gained and get your questions answered and the help you need for a podcast of your own. Drop me a message via podcast at nhte.net and we will schedule a time to get online together. That's going to do it for episode 429. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Dana Rex. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Love Syndrome.
2: You tied me down like a criminal criminal. Could I break out of here Before my heart dies a prisoner For you I swallowed, will not cure this love syndrome, quickly spreading to my brain, feels like I might go